Well, hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have a reoccurring guest with us today for several reasons. One, selfishly, whenever I speak to our guest, Diane Jacob, she helps me in my writing career. Hello, Diane. Hi, Denise, great to see you. Great to see you. And secondly- And Cindy too. And Miss Cindy too. And secondly, Diane, when you were on last time, we got a tremendous response. I mean, Great. you were in the like top five that people love the podcast. And last time Diane was here, we were talking about writing memoir because of course, who, my garbage man is writing a memoir. He just, <laughs> you know, everyone's writing memoir and that's fine. I think it's wonderful. I think it can be very satisfying. But one of the things I asked you about was this. Everyone I know, Diane, wants to write a cookbook. And I think the way for them to, for people to get focused and start would to be a family cookbook. Sure. And I know you will have ideas for us or tips for us. So that's what I, people are still in the pandemic. If there was ever a time to gather up recipes from your sister, your cousin, your brother, you know, whoever you could and put together a cookbook, now is the time. Yeah, absolutely. We have time on our hands and you can't spend it all watching Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Though I'm a prime member with Netflix. Well, yeah, (laughs) I am too, of course. Now, where does someone start writing a a cookbook or a family cookbook? Where do they start? Um, Well, you might as well start thinking about why you want to do it and who it's for. Excellent. Um, so let's start with why do you want to write this cookbook? Do you want have have you know your your cousins and your nieces been asking you for recipes? Are people getting on in age, and you love certain things that they make, and you want to preserve them um, by having a recipe in perpetuity in your cookbook? Um, I think those are the two main reasons. And you know what else I found out recently that um, self-published family cookbooks focus on sweets. Uh-huh. Even, even my girlfriend, when her mother died at the memorial, she had a little handout book of recipes um, that everyone loved that her mother made. And every single one of them was sweet. No. A brownie, dessert bars, cookies. What a uh, wonderful gift! Instead of a prayer card, <laughs> instead of a prayer fan, she yeah. gave out the recipes. Of I think that's lovely. It is. I think that's. I have to tell you, um, I had a friend, very prestigious producer in this town. She's still a friend, but I don't see her much anymore. When her mother died, and I mean, this is a high powered, made those decisions, you know, it's kind of like when somebody needed to get off the knees, out came the saber, that was the end of it. Bam. Oh, nice. She was a tough cookie. Her mother died, and I wrote her a note. I said, I'm so terribly sorry. She said, well, I'll tell you what the problem is. How will I ever get that coffee jello right? Right. And she wasn't being romantic or sad or sentimental. She like said, Jesus Christ, I should have gotten that recipe before my mother died. So my, my mother-in-law made that and I never got the recipe before she died. It had orange sherbet in it. Oh and my coffee. God. Oh 
That sounds delicious. <laughs> so there could be the motivation of your own needs. <laughs> your own needs, and plus you want to memorialize people who have passed on, whose cooking you loved, uh, or um, it's just a way to remember people that's lovely. You could put photos in there if you wanted. I mean, my, my girlfriend just um, photocopied it. I mean, it was nothing special, but it was something that she was proud to hand out and, and people really appreciated it. So there's a million ways to go about it. And one of the things, Diane, that you and I have talked about before this day, you teach classes on how to put together a good proposal. So that's for someone yeah. to try to sell their book. Okay, sell their yes. book at a publisher, which is wonderful. But you know, even if what we're talking about, if someone wants to self-publish, the reason I love it, and you have helped me with my own, when you have a proposal, it's like a roadmap. You don't waste your time. Once you invest in a proposal, it's like an outline in high school or it's outlining a, you know what I mean? It gives you a direction of where you're going. It does. It's, it's helpful because you have to figure out, you know, what is, what is your table of contents? Who is the reader? Um, are you going to try and sell it? If so, how are you going to do that? Um, how big is it going to be? Um, you know, does it does it compete with any other books that are similar to it, even though it's your self-published book? I mean, if you're just going to do, if you're going to do a book on smoothies and try to sell it, well, how many other billion books are there on smoothies and how is yours going to be different? So it just depends on, it depends on your motivation, but it is helpful to write a proposal, even if it's a short one. I think, uh, I know for me, uh, all I know is, and I have all the proposals that I've ever written for all the Perfect. books that have never been <laughs> published or <laughs> that, I've never, that I've never even sent in. But you know what? I keep them all in a binder and I go back and it does give me ideas. And oh, that's great. Yeah. I do love what you just said. I know this. If I was doing a family cookbook, I couldn't make it just be sweets. Do you know what I mean? Because my mother yeah. wasn't much of a baker. But I'll tell you what I would like it to be would be really the holiday foods that we ate. And they were, sure. you know, that's what, and that's what I try to recreate with my nieces who are now grown women with their own lives. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I want them to know what that food tasted like from when I was a young girl. Well, sure. Because that's, you know, the family <clears throat> gatherings were at that time, right? So you know, maybe everybody ate your grandmother's creamed onions or whatever. I mean, we had big, long tables of people during the holidays and, and, and you know, my mother-in-law was famous for certain dishes and so are other people. So people remember that. Yes, they do. And you remember it and, and you feel nostalgic about it. And also you really enjoyed the food. So you want to recreate it in some way. And if there are photos, all the better. Yes, 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 yes. What do you think is the hardest part? And this is a big question, Diane. I don't mean, what's the hardest part for someone to get started on any kind of writing project? <laughs> I know. I'm, Procrastination. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm big on that. I know. I, and I try, you know, I try not to be too hard on myself because even though I'm procrastinating, it's still going around in my head. It's going around my head in the shower and sometimes right before I fall asleep where I think, wow, I, I, I was supposed to work on that today and I didn't work <laughs> on that. <laughs> but but it's it's happening. So even though you're procrastinating, um, you know, I just finally get to the point where I can't put it off anymore and I have to start doing it. That happened to me yesterday at 4.30. I had procrastinated all day. <laughs> I ran out of things that I, I couldn't, I couldn't justify anything else. I, so I started. I think I've perfected procrastination. <laughs> I mean, I'm a master at it. I've talked to this about Natalie Dupree and I have talked about this. Yeah. For me, and this is where Alder, I have two speeds. I'm sloth or a manic. Okay. Uh huh. So in between. Mm, I think that's called bipolar. <laughs> wow. But I don't think you are. No, never well, mind. Now, let me tell you. Now, this is an interesting thing you should say and talk about creative personalities and ADD and writing. Do you know what I mean? And, and getting yeah. things or procrastination. When I worked all the time as a food stylist, so Cindy in the back is making all the food and I'm taking it to the set and I'm styling it and we're picking out props and stuff. I was doing 40 things at one time. Sure. And that yeah. totally worked for me. Yeah. It's very exciting. ADD then worked for me. Now that I am not working, I need to tell you when I'm at home, it's kind of like, I know this is difficult. I put the food on the counter for my dogs and there's watching me and then I forget something or I just think, oh, I wanted to put that stuff in the dryer and I go and put it in the dryer, <laughs> I come back to the kitchen. I think, why are they staring at me like that? I think, oh, I didn't finish the feeding. So yes. I said to my husband yesterday, you know, my ADD doesn't serve me nearly as well as I'm trying to accomplish things. But that's normal. I mean, that's just a normal part of being at home because you have to, I mean, and that's what's true of self-publishing too. You have to motivate yourself because you don't have any other boss and you have to create deadlines for yourself because otherwise, how are you going to get stuff done? I know. The self, the self set deadlines. I will say this, um, without them, Diane, I can't get anything done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, Cindy and I have talked about it, that sometimes during the pandemic, um, if you, it's as simple as this. We, we knew we we're doing podcasts on Thursday. So I got everything done yesterday that I wanted to get done. Do you know what I mean? Instead, yeah. Instead of thinking, oh, I can always do it tomorrow. I got things done. Well, there are other things that come into play too. Like you get, you we, we have a lot of irrational fear about things. Like if I create this book, what if it isn't very good? What if no one wants it? What if the recipes have mistakes in them? What if, you know, you can drive yourself nuts with all that too. And it keeps you from moving forward. Um, so, I mean, I think you're good at that, Denise. You get a lot done for a retired person. <laughs> well, I try, I, I, you know, but my motivation is so different. I, I mean, some days I just think I don't care anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
I don't care. That's a good way to get out of procrastination because you're like, whatever, I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it. But yeah, when you say that about this is something that you and I touched on last time, but it's so important. And I think it's worth speaking to again, if people are listening. And if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't hear the first podcast, Diane, people go back, they're all in the same spot. And that was called writing memoir. But here's Thank you. fear, Diane, okay? Fear. Fear. Yeah, it's big. It's so big. And of course, you know what was amazing to me, speaking of fear and not seeing fear, though I'm sure she was a little nervous, when that beautiful poet, the poet laureate, yesterday- mm -hmm. Gorman, Ms. Gorman. Up, Amanda Gorman, mm -hmm. stood up, 22 years old. Yeah. And apparently it's one that had a, was born as a preemie. So she had a speech impediment. They said at some time, I don't know, but she got up in front of all those people, the whole world and gave her poem. Now, yeah. it didn't hurt that she's really the most charming creature I've ever seen and her poem yes. was magnificent. But I'm just saying there was, she appeared to have no fear. It's so inspiring, really. I mean, we can take some heart from people like that, I think, and realize that how much we hold ourselves back for things that are not really a problem, just in our heads. But you can start with, you can start with small tasks. Someone told me once, just do it for 15 minutes a day. I think it was Andy Schloss. Remember Andy Schloss? I love Andy Schloss. Yeah. He, uh, we used to see him all the time at ICP in the, in the before days when we could go to a conference. But anyway, yeah, he told me, I told him about procrastinating and he said, just do it for 15 minutes a day, put it in your calendar, do it for 15 minutes a day. And the idea that you're not going to spend all day on it because you don't have time to spend all day on it is, is helpful, I think. I think that's and you can get it done in 15 minutes a day, believe it or not. Now, I'm going to tell you, you're absolutely correct. And these are habits. And I know I, we didn't touch on this last time, Diane, but you just led into it. If I need to, if I want to accomplish something, I have to develop a habit. Do you know what I mean? That's how I yeah. work. So one yes. of the things that's happened in the pandemic where I had no excuse. I mean, sometimes before the pandemic, I'd think, oh, I'm too busy today. I can't walk my dogs or I'm, I'm too tired from yesterday, you know, doing nothing <laughs> or going shopping or visiting with a friend or whatever. Now, because of the pandemic, what I've developed is I now walk my dogs every day and longer than I ever did before. That's good for you. And I've been walk riding my bike, Cindy knows. It's a grown-up person's tricycle, okay? It's okay, like great. Old lady's tricycle because, so that you, I don't have to worry about balance and I'm not doing wheelies. But with that, <laughs> said, with that said, so I had my a teleconference with my, dog, my internist this week and I have lost 15 pounds. Since that is fantastic. Pandemic. Good for you. Well, I need to. I mean, I'm just... But I decided the reason I could do that was, again, all the excuses. Uh, I can I eat my dinner earlier. I don't eat after about four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not hungry. Wow. I don't need to eat. Do you know what I mean? Um, I only need one glass of wine. I don't need to have two glasses of wine. I mean, it's mm -hmm. all, but it's all because I just decided to make new habits. Yes, very good. 
And so yeah. my, I was the, after I, he, and I got praised for my doctor this week. You say, oh, I'm so proud of you. Everybody's fat, fat, fat during the pandemic. And I said, oh, thank you. But I think that I know for me, as I've started and I have been work, I have been writing a little bit again in the, since the big first of the year, I straightened out papers. I looked in old folders. Do you know what I mean? I, I thought, yeah. Denise, one hour a day and you'd have, you'd have this book proposal, whatever you want finished. <laughs> right. In no time. Right. Well, you have to, you do. I mean, you probably have things lying around. I mean, some people have res those recipe uh, boxes that have handwritten recipes in them. Um, some people have emails with recipes in them. They, they might be all over the place. They might be stuck in books, yeah. in cookbooks, in your joy of cooking. Um, and you do have to, you have to gather them and see what you have. And then you have to see where the, where the holes are um, for a family cookbook. Um, you know, because you're going to have chapters. And if you have only one soup, then are you going to have a soup chapter? Or are you going to ask your relatives for nine more soup recipes? Or, you know, what are you going to do? You have to make all those decisions. You just touched on a great comment in case people are thinking that. When we have written cookbooks for other people, Diane, I mean, literally came up with the, like you have to, table of contents and everything, because they had ideas, but they had never, ever put it together. Yeah. And Pete, what you just said is a really important. I, I say to people all the time, you have to decide, do you want to have 50 recipes in your book, 75 recipes in your book, 100 recipes in your book? And then... You have to divide that down. You know what I mean? Is it five different chapters of food? So there's like 20 in each chapter. But you really notice that it, it, the book flows better when people have a plan like that. Otherwise, what you just said, I get cookbooks sent to me all the time still. And I open it and it says eggs, breakfast foods. And I go to the chapter and there's recipes. You know? go. <laughs> you go to the right. Then you go to the next chapter, and it says, you know, chicken, and they gave me forty chicken recipes that were all too yes. similar. You see what I'm saying? So yes, those are all things that have to be figured out. You don't want yeah. uh, your relatives to send you five different onion soup recipes, and you don't want to have a chapter with two recipes and then another one with 20. So it has to all be balanced. I mean, but it, again, it depends what are, what are you doing? I mean, my, you know, my friend just put together maybe 15 recipes and that was good enough. So um, I guess the question is how far do you want to go? And we're used to producing professional cookbooks, but a family cookbook, you have, you can cut yourself a lot more slack. If you just want to have 20 recipes in it, then that's what you have. I th that's um, a great comment, Diana, but also it would still, people would feel, I think that if people did it, it's like whenever we clean out the, it's like when you clean out your sock drawer, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you throw stuff out or you clean out your closet, the sense of accomplishment when you're finished is overwhelming. It I, is. Sometimes I have, I, I have some, I, we constantly have boxes in the garage, two boxes that I fill with stuff for goodwill. Sure. And we have a boys club that will come pick it up for, from you, which is lovely. And when it's a boy, yeah. they do that. But the other day, Kenny said, why don't you just have the boys club? Like he helped me yesterday, put stuff in my car. 
I said, because I want the satisfaction of taking this stuff to the store and dumping it. Yeah. I want that yeah. feeling that I accomplished something. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So right. I think that when you say 15 or 20 recipes, but and then of course there's programs that people could, um, programs that people can do on their desktop and make a beautiful little book. I mean, make a gorgeous little book to pass out. Now, when are you teaching again? I know that you oh. No, I want to know because people will want to know. You're teaching online classes. I, I am. I've been teaching Zoom classes. I've been teaching a three-hour one that sells out every time, and it's called So You Want to Write a Cookbook. Okay. And it talks about tradition. We talk about traditional cookbooks and how to get published, and then we talk about self-publishing um, and, and recipes and how to write them and that sort of thing what happened and how publishing works so that's us on tuesday night on um writing a proposal and so um that's going to be that starts the end of january and goes for three weeks so see how that goes that's mostly if you want to be traditionally published, but we're, we're just going to focus on what are all the parts and how do you understand your book and why would anybody else be interested in it and that sort of thing. So um, that'll that be sounds, fun. Uh, you know what I look back and when different classes that I've taught when, and you and I, when you and I and Martha taught some classes. Yeah, that was fun. It was very fun. I look back at some of the students that came and they had great ideas. And, and then when I'll, I'll talk to them years later, they never did do it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Which, sure. I mean, and, I mean it may, they may have had a baby instead, or they may have, you know, or just it didn't mean enough to them to complete. And yeah. I just think it's fascinating because I actually, because um, I think it's just, I think, sitting down and writing is a very daunting thing. I think it's a skill to some people. I think it's a totally um, overwhelming to so many. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. The blank page is pretty scary. Yes. <laughs> but that's actually, that's what's good about a family cookbook because you're starting with somebody else's material and you don't have to write everything yourself. Now you do have to have to look at that recipe and assess whether it's written properly and whether people are going to understand it and whether it works or whether my, my mother had a friend one time who would give my mother recipes when my mother asked for them for things that she had made. And she would always leave out one ingredient so that recipe wouldn't work. Yeah. I think that was the generation before us. That seemed to be their modus operandi because- I, I mean, you have to, you, you do have to, I mean, if you're gonna write down a recipe, it has, you have to feel confident that your niece is gonna be able to make it or whomever, okay. right? I've been married, Diane, to Kenny for 28 years. Yes, Mother, congratulations. Thank you. And we both deserve awards, I'll tell you that. <laughs> His mother made a hot milk angel food cupcake. I, I got a recipe from his, her daughter. Okay. Kenny asked for these constantly. Okay. And a real melted, you know, uh, need a candy thermometer frosting. 
So I told yep. about a month ago, I said, I'm going to make Gigi's cupcakes for you. Now, the recipe poorly since then I rewrote it because it's like the eggs should have been separated here. Do you know what I mean? There was just, and because sure. it was written so poorly and people know this when they cook, um, I used an extra bowl or I lost, you know what I mean? I needed two spoons or I felt like Lucille Ball on the candy line. It's like every time I turned around, I was shoving, trying to make something work. Now the cupcakes turned out flawlessly. Great. So it was such a mess. I can't even tell you. I mean, I, the other day said, you're going to make the cupcakes again. I said, when, when I have a cleaning lady working behind me, when I'm in the kitchen with the, then the frosting, the first time I got it too hot, Diane, I broke it. Okay. I got it. Oh. So of course, you know, uh, but being my husband is resourceful and as a chocolateaholic, he, I, it was in a ball and it was a mess. And I put it in the Tupperware and every morning, like a little soldier, he put it back in the microwave for 30 seconds and took some out of there and spread it on the go. Oh. It wasn't pretty, but it still looked good. But I okay. tell you, I thought to myself, I, I don't know how my mother-in-law made that recipe when it was so discombobulated. Do you know what I mean? Because, because she made it all the time and she probably, and she knew what all the steps were and half of it was in her head yeah. and it, it wasn't written down properly. Yeah. And, and then, and, and that's what you're dealing help. with. And she did have full-time help. In her she did have full-time help. Okay. Yeah. Well, most of us are not in that situation, are we? Um, so yeah, I mean, we could have a whole separate talk on how to write a recipe properly, but um, you do have to assess it and try to make every recipe in your cookbook and make sure that it turns out you have that responsibility to whoever you're giving it to. Now, when you talk about writing recipes and all the good tips you're doing, Diane, tell them, tell our listeners the name of your book. We'll write for food. Okay. And did you, have you got a fourth is a fourth a fourth edition. edition? Yes, a fourth edition is coming out at the end of May. Okay. Yeah. So was it yeah. held up a little bit with COVID? Or oh yeah, it was supposed to. I do a new edition every five years, and that was last year. And um, they just said no. I we're going to push it. Honey, uh, so publishing. Fun. Yeah, publishing, and we have it now. Here's one question: As we start to wind this down, because you are helping people with their books. Um, are less books being published during COVID? No. Okay. No, we have more time to read books and we just order them. So, okay. I mean, some huge percentage of all books are, you know, purchased uh, online. So oh, yes. oh. Mo mostly from Amazon. So Absolutely. Uh, no, we have more time than ever to, to order books. Do you think, Diane, I mean, I see a lot. And cook. Yeah, cooking is absolutely. I have and bake. Yes, I have never cooked in our twenty-eight year marriage as much as I have in the last two years. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm tired of it. I need you. Know, sure. I am. I don't know how my mother did it, raising three kids every night. And my mother was the type. My mother, my father, nice Italian boy. He had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. She made them all every day. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Wow. No wonder later on in life she had some issues. 
<laughs> and plus you had to compete with that. Yeah, she, no, I think later on, no wonder she lost her mind late in life. She just got tired of thinking about all those dishes she watched. Well, madam, so your book will be out in May. There yeah. are classes and how do people find your classes? They go to my website, um, dianej.com, D-I-A-N-N-E-J.com. I know that Cindy's always- or sign up for my newsletter and they're <clears throat> they're always in my newsletter and actually the newsletter subscribers get first dibs on signing up. Okay. I said this last time, but your newsletter is excellent Diane and I think any and, and even if you're not interested in writing your own book if you just like to keep up in what's happening in cookbooks or interesting articles, you know, you've been a chef, maybe you, you're out of the business for a while, you're thinking of going back in, Diane's newsletter has an enormous amount of information in it. Thank you. Thank you. And it's free and twice it's a month. That's it. Yeah. Cindy's going to put all your information, darling, like she always does up on the page when we broadcast. And who knows, sometime soon, as soon as I get my vaccine, I'm going to see you because I'm coming to San Francisco to see my family and you and I will be able Excellent. to together. I know. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Were we ever free? I say that <sighs> all the time. Were we ever, I used to take it for granted. We could go out for dinner. Can yeah, yeah. drive yesterday for 30 minutes? We didn't, we were going to pick up two six packs of beer at this famous little brewery. Okay. They only, they mm -hmm. allot it to you. Yes. And we were driving. So we're not, I mean, we're not at the ocean. We're not, it's not the most beautiful thing. You would have thought we were going to Paris. <laughs> 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 dog with my head out the window saying and look at that and look there's birds i i was astounded and i think we used to do this all the time we just got to go anywhere we wanted and not even pay attention to That's what's it. outside the window or i have to go out for dinner again <laughs> <laughs> yeah not good. well thank you madam and is there anything oh, it was fun tell us that i didn't ask you um, oh, I'm, I'm sure we could go on for uh, a couple of hours more on this topic, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk again another time. Absolutely. We will talk again another time, uh, maybe more in depth about writing a proposal because I think, but I know this and I'll say it again. One, your book would be really helpful to people always. Um, but if you, if you, you said it, Diane, in the beginning, we started with this. If you make those decisions, how big you want it? What do you want it to cover? Do you know what I mean? Who, yeah. Whose recipes? Who's reading it? Who's yeah. reading it? Is, it, is yeah. it bigger than just your family? Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. then you, can, you can get yourself in the mode. You can. Yeah. Well, thank you. It was wonderful to thank see you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy talking with you, Denise. It's always fun. Well, honey, you know what? I'm still above ground, so I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> That's all I can say. There's not much left of me, Diane, but I still like to laugh. There's well, 15 pounds less of you, I Denise. I know. Congratulations. I know. I got a gold star from my doctor. Um, <laughs> oh, 
All right. Thank you, Miss Cindy. And thank you, Diane. And if anyone wants to reach us, they can reach us at our womenbeyondacertainage.com. You can contact us. Cindy has a Facebook page for us, which is where we post the podcast. And Cindy is a trickster, you know. So Cindy, in our monthly newsletter, I'm reading it. I always read it because one, sometimes it says things like, um, just go on, go to Podbeam or something and give us five stars. It doesn't matter. Nobody will know you're, you know, whether you like it or not, just give us five stars. And then sometimes she talks like a pirate in that paragraph. Like I think, okay, well, nobody's going to be accusing me of drinking this month. And then, <laughs> and then that was Cindy. Yes. And then this month, she says, if you write to me right now, you get a free necklace because Cindy has lots of jewelry that she Oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. some of her jewelry. It's Wonderful. beautiful. So, yeah. I think you get, you gave me a uh, bracelet from Cindy once. I think it was I did. gorgeous. I was yeah. a customer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, um, you're, you're, I always read your newsletter the second it arrives in my inbox because I, it's going to be full of your voice and it's going to be funny and it'll make me think about something oh, that makes me happy and there'll be a recipe. So it's always good. There's a good story. There's all kinds of stuff in there. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Cindy. And Thank you. See you all again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care.